Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Earnings season is underway, and early results are not bad. Most companies beating expectations despite a host of macroeconomic hurdles. We'll talk to several of our regulars to get a preview. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Game. All right, we're talking earnings season, and today we're going to bring on several of our gains regulars to give us a preview and talk about how to play all of this. First up, Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist at B. Riley Financial in New York. Art, always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. So great to talk to you again, and, and thanks so much for having me. Q3 earnings have kicked off. Not bad results so far, but still a lot of companies uh, set to report over the next couple of weeks. Just wanted to start with uh, a preview, get your expectations on a very important earnings season. Yeah, it certainly is. And I think when we think about this particular earnings reporting season, the three things that come to mind for me clearly fall into the category of who is going to re- react the best. And, and, and by that, I mean, we always kick off the earnings reporting season with the financials, the big banks report first, and then some of the other smaller regional banks and the broker-dealers report next. And so far, those have been really good. What's interesting is the reaction has been very positive because what had been priced into a lot of the financials, in particular the banks, had been a lot of bad news. We went through a regional bank crisis in March, and since then, the, the banks really haven't gone anywhere. So they're really priced for some terrible news, and Just OK News seems to be moving them along pretty nicely. So that was a nice kickstart to the beginning of earnings season. I think what's even more important, though, Andy, and, and we're going to start to see this in the this week and next, is that the this is going to be the first quarter in four quarters of earnings reports that we actually see some positive earnings gains for the S&P 500. So we've had either zero or negative earnings growth for the last three quarters. And, and a lot of people refer to that as an earnings recession. Well, this is going to be the quarter that we'd likely break that earnings recession. We'll likely see it in low single-digit earnings growth, maybe you know 2 or 3% earnings growth for the S&P. But that's a, that's a really important pivot point for investors. So that things are turning for the better. And what's even more important is when we start to hear guidance for the fourth quarter, if in fact the guidance stays put, it doesn't you know, degradate or, or come down, We'll likely see you know high single-digit, low double-digit earnings growth for the fourth quarter. So we've made a significant turn uh, in, the, in the course of 12 months, and I think that's why this earnings season is so important. We really need to make sure that we have that fourth quarter guidance kind of stay intact uh, after we uh, listen to some of these conference calls. You talk about the reaction of results, and then you mention forward guidance. 
what companies anticipate going forward. Kind of explain why uh, forward guidance and what you read from that forward guidance, how it gives you really clarity on the market. Right. That's really, really an important point. So earnings are really a report card of what happens in the last three months, right? So while that's important to us, we really want to know what companies think they can do in the next three months and, and frankly, for the next 12 months. So guidance really gives us a window into how the company feels they, their operations are going. And that helps us to say, are we, are we realistically valuing these companies at the right place for the kind of revenue and earnings growth we think they're going to have over the next quarter or the next year. And that's why guidance is likely more important than that, that earnings report and the revenue. The, you know, the three things you really have to check. You need to, you know, you have to make your consensus on earnings and revenue, but you really have to keep either guidance where it is or take it up. And one of the interesting things that can happen to a company is they will beat. So a company comes out, XYZ comes out and reports today and they beat by, you know, call it 13 cents. And then they take their guidance up for the for the full year or for the full 2023 by 10 cents. And then all of a sudden the stock goes down. And then you say to yourself, how could that possibly happen? Well, what just happened was they beat by 13 cents. So they're actually taking the fourth quarter down by three cents. It's kind of one of those little idiosyncrasies. So guidance is really incredibly important because the market is a forward pricing mechanism. We care about what happens in the next three, six, 12 months, not what just happened in the last three months. Sometimes companies will sandbag guidance it's always that adage under promise over deliver uh how often of that sandbagging of forward guidance do you see how big of a factor how do you build that into the equation yeah such a great point now there's a reason for that no one gets rewarded for giving uh exuberant guidance and then missing right you actually get punished for that so conservative guidance has has, has been the norm not the exception for a long time and that's just the way the market works. If you if you guide people to a certain level and you're able to beat that expectation, then you tend to be rewarded for that effort. And then you know, there's a host of analysts that will come up with a consensus estimate, and you'll guide, and they'll shape that consensus around that. And then you report, and hopefully you have a you have a small beat or a large beat, and you raise the guidance for the next quarter. So that's a big that's it's part of the dance uh, that is earnings, but also there's a lot of unknown factors, right? You're guiding ahead. You know, for the fourth quarter, that's not so hard because you're already a month into it. But, if, you know, for the 2024, when you start to give guidance out 12 months, you don't know what's going to happen to your business or to the economy. So it's difficult and you, you want to put some parameters around that to keep it comfortable. But to give you some numbers around that, on an average earnings reporting quarter, roughly about 65% of companies beat their earnings estimates, right, their earnings consensus estimates. And about 60% beat the revenue estimates. And that's every quarter, you know, agnostic to what the economy is doing. So, yeah, you're right. We, you know, do we typically have more beats than misses? And that's kind of baked into the pie. But so you look at that a little bit. But what's more important to me is the, the, the trend here and say, okay, how often does company XYZ tend to sandbag? So do we take this incredible beat with less? of a surprise because that, that's, that's what they always do. And we you know, consider them to be you know, ultra conservative in their guidance. But they, at the end of the day, Wall Street won't reward you if you give you know, extra special, exuberant, very exciting guidance uh, for the next quarter. And then you end up missing that because something happens along the way as you're, as you're progressing through your quarter. And then, Art, finally, what's your advice for the gains listener? A lot of us are degenerate traders, and we're a little bit more active than uh, the sit-it-and-forget-it crowd. But what's your advice for the gains listener 
as they trade and evaluate and look at stocks during an earnings season? Yeah, it's such a great question. So I would say the three most important things to remember is, first and foremost, never, ever try to trade after the earnings print, but before the conference call, because that's when you really get all of the information, right? So a lot of times you'll see a lot of activity in a stock. It looks like company XYZ just beat by 10 cents and they took guidance up. And then when you get into the conference call, you actually disseminate the rest of the news. So the biggest mistake I think an active trader can make is trading on the print but not waiting for the conference call. That's, that's advice number one. Advice number two is to put things in context. So if you're looking at, let's say you're just looking at technology companies and some of the Magnificent Seven and, and those that are sort of you know, trading at ultra high multiples, and you say to yourself, well, this looks like a terrific quarter, but how much of that is baked in? Keep in mind that you know, the, the earnings sometimes are the sell the news events, and oftentimes you can have that counterintuitive move that you really have to be ready for. So when you think about some of the AI darlings this year, whether it's NVIDIA or Microsoft or um, uh, Alphabet, et cetera, that have you know, had outstanding performances in all of 2023, earnings may just not be enough to propel them even higher. And oftentimes earnings is used as that sort of catalyst where, hey, you, you, you buy the room or sell the news kind of thing. And the third thing is, Oftentimes, earnings—you know—while it's busy, you know, a busy time, and, and you have to digest a lot of information. Try to keep your focus down to a certain number of stocks. You're not going to be able to react to the earnings reports of the entire S&P 500. So get your focus list smaller as an active trader, and say, you know, if there's 25 companies reporting today. I'm focusing on two, and I may or may not react after the print and after the conference call. Always great advice from Art Hogan. Chief Market Strategist at B. Riley Financial in New York. All right, let's bring on Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management and Fox News business contributor. And you got to check out his website, GaryK.com. Gary's out of Orlando, Florida. Always great to have you on the Gaines podcast, Gary. Thank you so much for having me. Earning season is one of the key drivers of stock market direction. Corporate earnings that's a key factor in in moving stocks and we are now getting into Q3 results. So I wanted to start there just get your thoughts. I mean we've had some banks and a, and a couple companies report so far uh good, but a host of companies to follow up here in the next couple of weeks. So just your take on earnings season at large. Uh I mean so far it's okay, but for me I always watch what are the reactions because that encompasses what what not only what they reported but what they say and what they say maybe for the future and also tells you a little bit about the market itself so for me reactions everything but also be careful about people reporting i saw somebody they say oh goldman sachs earnings were good well they were down 34 percent year over year so good compared to what uh and just remember earnings are the defining factor b- behind greatness going forward the companies have the strongest earnings for the longest period of time are usually going to be the best stocks. And that's what I'm always looking out for. And we talk about it all the time. Forward guidance is crucial and companies giving an indication on where things are headed. So when you're looking at forward guidance, Gary, what do you focus in on there? Well, I'm always looking for companies that give good go forward guidance and you can trust them. What do I mean by that? If a company misses by 50 cents a share and then tells you everything's going to be better, uh, I tend to 
you know, kind of don't give it a lot of weight. But if a company consistently, when they give out their numbers, rings true or beats them, uh, then I'm a happy guy and it's something more that I I look at. And that's a defining factor. And what I do is I don't only look at the, the company, but what group the company is in. For example, managed care, United Health is acting good on earnings, as well as a few others. If they all report well and they all give good guidance, it tells you something about the industry also. So it's not just the company, it's the industry and the overall effect from whatever they say or whatever they reported. So looking at individual sectors and the major players in each of those sectors seems like an approach you take. Yes, and the other thing is I already know what somebody's expected to report. I have a sheet of all the earnings that come out. I know what Netflix and Tesla are supposed to report in the next couple of days. So I'm ready for whatever they say. Or, and whatever they guided at that given point in time. And then what we see how the market reacts, like Netflix, the stock is acting really poor right now. There's all kinds of worry, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, earnings are supposed to be uh, up 10%. Well, if the earnings are up 40%, the stock's going to pop big. So I'm already uh, in the know of what's going on, and now I just sit back and wait. Now, um, you and I have talked you know, off-air in the past about – trading earnings season. If I'm not mistaken, aren't you one of the individuals who told me that, you know, that's just a really dangerous thing. Wait for the clarity and then make the smart move after. Yeah, I'm not Karnak the Magnificent. I can't predict what somebody's going to report or says so. If I I don't own something before earnings, I'm not buying before earnings. I'd I'd rather wait for the reaction and deal with it from there. There's been too many companies that their stocks blew up. And I have no interest in buying something, trying to be a genius, and all of a sudden the stock's down 8% on an earnings report. So I'd rather wait and be a little bit late, not too early, and um, you know, go from there. And I'm also always wary of the huge number. Company reports huge number, and the stock does nothing or goes down. NVIDIA reports monstrous earnings and revenue growth, monstrous guidance, opens at 502, closes at 470. And eight weeks later, is 439. So it's telling you something maybe about the semis or maybe the valuation or maybe uh, they're overdoing it. Who the heck knows? Uh, all I can tell you is that that's the other part of the equation. That's why it's so important. Reaction is everything. That's what you get paid on or that's what you lose money on, not just what's said. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Gary. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new gains episode drops. We drop gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. We'll be right back with Gary after the break. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back with Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management and Fox News business contributor out of Orlando. Check out his website GaryK.com. Now, now, Gary, uh, before the break, we were talking about how sometimes you focus on 
sectors and the key players in that sector. What areas of the market do you particularly hone in on, especially for this Q3 earnings season? Well, I'm always a growth guy. Uh, Great growth stocks are what really pay off over a period of time. Uh, But I'm always looking for where is the leadership right now? And it's the oils. It's coal. I know it's not exciting. It's insurance. Uh, So we'll be watching there. But really, the bus is driven by growth in technology. If technology heads lower, uh, markets usually in trouble. And, of course, financials also. Goldman Sachs reports down five today, not good. J.P. Morgan reports is up seven, finishes up two, and is now lower from there. These are the type of things I'm always honing in on and knowing what is the market trying to tell me. And that's where we're either being careful or we get a little excited and we start playing into it. Uh, right now, so far, it's too early to tell. Uh, overall, really can't tell what, where the market wants to go based on earnings. And I think there's a couple of thousand left to go. And we'll get a better understanding as we move forward. You mentioned growth, the AI trade, a real big part of that. You even touched on NVIDIA, which is kind of part of that as well. Um, where are you as far as growth is concerned and even more specifically this AI trade? It's gotten a ton of buzz throughout the whole entire year. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, it's been some good money lost off the highs off of this because you always got to be careful about too much. Uh, and I think it just got ahead of itself. And maybe it's going to be the biggest thing since Krispy Kreme donuts uh, down the road. For me, I live in the here and now. And right now, it's kind of sort of under pressure. The one area that's sticking out for me right now is software security, definite relative strength there. And as and I'm not, in no way am I touting these, saying to buy them in any way, shape, or form. But when I see a crowd strike and a new yearly high, last quarter's earnings up 106, revenues up 37, if they keep repeating that, it's something that's probably going to do pretty darn well. They don't report till end of November anyhow, but that's the type of stuff I'm looking for. Where's the great relative strength? Where's the great earnings? What companies have the strongest demand? I said on my radio show earlier tonight, uh, if Taylor Swift was a stock, uh, the stock would have gone skyrocketed from here because unbelievable demand for Taylor Swift and everything she does and everything she says. And, of course, stadiums selling out. Those are the type of companies I'm always looking for, uh, whether it's a service, a product, or a restaurant. Uh, that's where your big money is made over time. And right now, there's just not too much to go by at this juncture, and hopefully it gets better. Now, if Taylor Swift was a stock, though, I got to tell you, Gary, it kind of feels like it's she's kind of towards the top, and there's a little FOMO at, at the top. I, 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 well, I, just your be, thoughts on that. She may be jumping the shark when they keep showing her on NFL games because she's dating a tight end. So maybe you're right. Uh, I, I was just making the point that I'm just always a big believer. The great companies are the one you can't get enough of. No, I know. I, I, and I get, I get it. I yeah. know where you're coming from. The um, now we've covered a lot of ground, and for the you know the the gain, a lot of us gains listeners were a little bit on the degenerate side, like to to get in and out of stocks. You yeah. know, we're not the uh, buy and hold crowd, and we, we'll we'll even get a little aggressive, maybe even take some risk, but. Uh, for the gains listener, what's your advice for them as they're in, in an earning season? And I, I know that, like we just mentioned earlier, 
you know, training this can be really, really dangerous. But for somebody who's got a little bit of risk tolerance, what's your advice for, for them? Well, whether you have a little bit or not, I always say if you don't own it, wait till earnings come out and just look for the great uh, reaction and figure out why and then, and then go from there. Uh, again, the, uh, we've done studies. We've, do, we've studied studies of people like O'Neill and the like. And the greatest winners are the ones with the strongest earnings and revenue growth. If you hone in on that in the right type of market, those are the ones that are going to be up double, triple, quadruple. Some of them go up tenfold. And there's been a few in the last 10 years. And they all had one thing in common. They grew their business in, insanely, uh, but big numbers, triple digits, even more than that. And that's what we're going to continue to hone in on and stay away from the ones that are opposite. I always call it the uh, I used to call it the Target versus Kmart, but Target's not doing so well these days. But the Walmart versus Kmart at this juncture, where would you rather go shopping? Uh, the Kmart, when I used to go to it here, was dirty, dingy, uh, no sales help, and they ended up shutting down. Or the Walmart that's always packed and doing everything right. That, that's, tip, that's basically how we look at things. And then finally, Gary, uh, your takeaway uh, from our conversation today. What do you want to leave the Gaines listener with? Final thoughts. Uh, when right, be, uh, be right as long as the stock acts well. Be, when wrong, be wrong fast and be wrong small. Uh, when we get accounts transmitted here, I'm stunned uh, at the stocks that are down 30, 40, 50, 60 percent because somebody said stay with it, everything's okay, think long term, and then uh, very tough to come back from those. Uh, so just uh, always be careful about that. The market can be your best friend. It can be your biggest enemy if you let it. Big thanks to Gary Kaltbaum, president of Kaltbaum Capital Management and Fox News business contributor out of Orlando. And as mentioned, check out Gary's website, GaryK.com. All right, next up, Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors in New York. Jim, always great to have you on the Gaines Podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. So as mentioned in the lead, Q3 earnings season is underway. And, and results are not not bad so far, but there's a lot more uh, companies to report. And so that's where I wanted to start today is get your take as far as what we've seen earnings so far, banks, there's a couple companies, and then what you uh, anticipate as we get into the heart of this. Yeah, sure. It's early, but uh, uh, as of this morning, 92% of the companies that have reported have beat. I'm sure that'll come down, but it's a solid start uh, to the earnings season. Uh, the banks in general reported uh, better than expected earnings. And in general, uh, you know, for the last uh, several quarters, earnings have beaten expectations. And uh, I expect the same this time. And the, the added positive this time is it appears you had a real acceleration in the economy. Uh, you know, the retail sales numbers today were very strong, and Goldman upped its estimate for um, third quarter. Uh, uh, growth to 4%. So if you have that kind of growth, uh, it, should, it should lead to better than expected profits, which I think uh, all other things being equal should be a positive for equity prices. Uh, the jobs market looking pretty good. You mentioned the retail sales, decent. Uh, a lot of those concerns about recession now off the table. Um, what areas in this earnings season, do you uh, are you do you have keen interest in? Is there any sectors that really catch your eye? And then also we have the technology and AI companies reporting as well. Yeah, well, I'm, I want to continue to look at the uh, banking sector because 
They control financial conditions, uh, particularly the regional banks, which start to report uh, this Friday, uh, because they, they will have mark-to-market uh, 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 mark uh, losses on their long bond portfolios. Uh, they actually they, they don't have to mark them to market, but they will show them as losses in their bond portfolios, which will restrict their ability to lend. So I want to see if that got worse. So uh, uh, we have to watch the banking sector, particularly the regional banks. And then, of course, uh, in the technology and AI area, that that is what's propelling growth in the economy. And so uh, we, we, we want to watch the uh, Magnificent Seven, if you will, and see whether they report better than expected earnings. And if those earnings can support an improvement in their stock prices, uh, which have been sort of flattish lately. And then also anybody who touches the consumer. Uh, you want to look at the, uh, the retail uh, companies should report good earnings when you look at those retail sales. So let's see if we can get some ratification of that uh, from the retail company earnings. How do you trade or invest differently during an earnings season, we do see a little bit more volatility uh, for stocks, you know, often even going up into a, a, a earnings report. And, and then we've we've talked about in the past where a lot of times you'll have a stock run up and even have a banner earnings report and then sell off, you know, in a sell the news, you know, buy the rumor and then eventually sell the news situation. How are things different during an earnings season for someone like yourself? Well, what you're doing is you're measuring results versus expectations. Uh, it never pays to be too short-term oriented, and you can use any dislocation stock prices uh, due to earnings versus expectations to establish positions in companies that you want to own long-term. And I do think it's, it's best to normalize and to think long-term. But the major uh, answer to your question is uh, results, uh, results in how stocks react is a measure of expectations and whether expectations are realistic, too pessimistic, or too optimistic. What's your advice for the individual investor here who has probably been on the sidelines a little bit, kind of nervous, and it wants to start deploying some of that dry powder as we get results and maybe forward guidance? Yeah, well, it always pays uh, over, over the long run to be invested in equity. So I would use any weakness uh, to, to buy the stocks or the ETFs of, of companies or industries that you want to invest in. Uh, I, would, I would say that at, with, with short-term money markets paying 5.5%, you're getting paid to wait so you can be patient. There are an awful lot of geopolitical risks here, which could give you uh, in the short term an opportunity to establish longer term positions if the geopolitics get too hot and negative over the next few weeks. When you talk about geopolitics, which have gotten much more intense over the past week or so, how does that play into the mix, if any? Well, the critical issue in the Middle East is the supply of oil, regardless of the what you feel about the, the political issues and, and, and uh, uh, who's conducting themselves well or badly. The stock market is about money. And what the stock market is going to look at is the availability, the supply and price of energy. So what you have to look, look for is the potential expansion of this conflict, bringing in Iran, bringing in Hezbollah, uh, a regional war which could affect the availability and price of oil. So that's the major risk here. Generally, though, a lot of these conflicts, you know, they have that short term impact on markets, but we don't generally see them as a big 
a driver in a market pullback, at least historically. Yes, absolutely. You, you can normalize through and take advantage of the short-term dislocations uh, because uh, unless, unless we, we stumble ourselves into World War III, uh, the, it's likely that these issues will be local, local, regionalized, and contained. And to the extent that it creates weakness in stock prices, uh, aside from the human aspect and the human tragedy, from a U.S. stock market point of view, it can be an opportunity. And then, Jim, finally, what's the takeaway for the gains listener as we head into the heart of earnings season and, 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 and the takeaway of what we've talked about today? Well, uh, that, that it never pays to, to be uh, too bearish on America for too long. We always have lots of problems. There are many of them now. But uh, the, the, the streets are, are strewn with the corpses of people who've been too pessimistic on this country for too long. Always appreciate the insight from Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors in New York. All right, that's going to wrap up today's Gains Podcast. Hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's an option for you. I've been told that's podcast gold. Totally appreciate the solid there. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday mornings. I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 